Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Hey everybody, welcome to the second day of the Refine and Renew Yoga Business Essentials series. I've got a great interview for you today with grounded therapist Rachel. She's talking about boundaries with me, which is one of those things that (laughs) for better or worse never gets old. Uh, She's a a yoga teacher and also a therapist. So she's well equipped to have this conversation to give us some insight and some pointers and some reminders about being kind to ourselves as we recommit perhaps to establishing and maintaining folks loving boundaries. So confession of an abundant yoga teacher podcaster. Last night, uh, yesterday I had just back to back awesome conversations with some of my favorite people, seriously yoga teachers up to such great things in the world. Uh, so much fun. I was, I went to France twice. I went to Ireland. I went to the UK. I mean, I was everywhere. I had such a great time. And then it got to the end of the night. And normally when I finish uh, my Monday nights tend to be, you know, I normally finish at work about nine longer day because of my Europe and UK fabulous clients. Uh, And I finished the day and I was having a cup of tea and just reflecting on the day. And I felt ill. I felt low vibe. I felt tired. I felt like I didn't want to go to work. I was in a mood. I was tantrumy. I was just like, Uh, despite having just spent the day with the incredibly inspiring and uplifting people who are up to seriously cool things in the world, I was sitting there in my kitchen, sipping my tea, feeling like, and, and I thought, hang on a second, Amy, something's wrong. (laughs) This is not normal. What is happening? You know, a little bit of Svadhyaya, self-reflection at nine o'clock at night. Yes. Uh, what is going on? Why are you feeling so funk? And I realized it was because I had self-abandoned on my own boundaries. I have, and this is fairly new. I'm talking like in the last, I don't know, year, maybe six months even. I have a new boundary where I will not have a meeting, will not coach a client, will not teach a class before 7 a.m., regardless of daylight savings here or there or anything else, my self-care practice, my waking up process starts at five and goes through till seven. And anything earlier is now uh, self-abandoning. I don't do it anymore. If you come to Social Media Confidence next week, we're starting at seven my time, even though that means 11 Rome time. It's what we're doing. Except this week, I have the very good fortune to be interviewed on two podcasts by two amazing women. You'll learn more about them in the coming days. And once their pod, once my interview with their podcast goes live, I'll share that with you as well. But for right here, right now, suffice it to say, I've met these two fantastic women. They invited me to be on their podcasts. I was so delighted. 
I said, yes. They said, great. Here's the links. They both sent me their calendar links and they're in a different time zone to me. And the closest time that worked for me was 6am. Now, both of these fabulous women both said to me, hey, Amy, we know you're in a different time zone. Um, If you need a different time, let me know and I will adjust for you. Despite that, despite me saying no more six o'clock starts, I have booked myself in for two, read them, two, Tuesday, Wednesday, 6 a.m. starts for podcast interviews, self-abandoning. I had a great boundary. I love my, I love my mornings. I love my meditation, my journaling, my coffee, my dog cuddles, my neti pot, my rose water ice spray. I love all of it. And yet, despite its importance to my day, I said, oh yeah, fine, six o'clock. I love, I love having things on at six o'clock. Book me in. Now, you know, this is just all on me. I am feeling funky on a Monday night. I am feeling like, oh, this week, it's going to just be like so hard. I've got this negative Nelly story running in my head. Not be, and he, I've got these incredible opportunities. I've met these beautiful new uh, peers who want to talk to me. I've got amazing clients all day long, and yet I'm like, eh, because I transgressed my own boundary. And it's not even that big a deal. Like, it's not like I've done one of them already, and I'm not thinking, oh my God, I'm so tired. I'm a, I'm, it just feels like any other day. It's gorgeously sunny. I'm about to do my workout. We're going to go for a walk later. I've got incredible clients all day long. Can't wait. No impact at all, except for this feeling of like, which is disappointment in myself and totally avoidable. So today I am so excited that Rachel has kicked us in the pants and we're going to have a great conversation about boundaries and how sometimes as yoga teachers and holistic practitioners, we can in fact be more prone to transgressing them because of our own shit, not because of any uh, encouragement from the other person. I hope you enjoy it. Make sure you follow Rachel. And also before we jump into the uh, conversation, do make sure that you're signed up for social media confidence for yoga teachers. Uh, you'll also get as well as the four weeks of incredible training that people rave about. Uh, that's real. You'll also get the bonus masterclass about how to take great selfies. Uh, we get started next week. Registrations close on Sunday, amymcdonald.com.au forward slash social. Uh, it's time. It's time to figure out how to do all the things without feeling overwhelmed and feeling like you're beholden to your phone. Let me teach you. Okay, folks, here we go. Enjoy the interview. Hey, everybody, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome to this very special uh, series of interviews where I'm just, you know, sharing time with some fabulous people. Uh, Particularly what we're really getting at here is how, you know, what is going on in your business and how can you be using these special times to your advantage when it comes to dealing with stuff in your business that may have been uh, needing your attention for some time and you haven't quite got to it yet. And how do you make sure that you don't try and do all the things and um, as Krishna Das, I was listening to Krishna Das earlier and he was saying that the whole world is on retreat. So how do you not end up that at the end of this retreat, actually you're exhausted and you need to go take another retreat? So we're going to delve into that a little bit deeper and I'm delighted today to introduce you to my guest, Rachel Dash Doherty. 
Did I get it right? You did. Amazing. Who's a yoga teacher and a therapist, which I think is probably a beautiful combination of skills. Can you tell us a little bit about your business, what you do and why you do it before we jump into our conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm really yeah. excited to be here. And um, yeah, so I think it's a beautiful sort of overlap too, right? We got the mind, we've got the body. Yeah. And we're stuck with both. So um, I started as a therapist um, in 2010 and I've been working in the field. And then when I had my daughter, I was starting to explore the mind-body connection a lot deeper. And so I went for my yoga teacher training with a six-month-old, I think. It was a, it was a wacky decision at the time, but it was great. I don't look back and I don't regret it. And so I, I move with my clients sometimes if they're you know comfortable doing that. And I think it's really important to work with women and we get so disconnected and try to avoid our bodies, yet we are very much in them all the time. Yeah, yeah, nice one. Let's just get this now so I don't forget later. Tell everybody where they can cyberstalk you. What are your, what's your Insta, what's your website? Give us the, give us the. Yeah, I just launched my brand new website yesterday, <laughs> groundedtherapist.com. It just needed a little love and like updating for my first time. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a really fancy website, groundedtherapist.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at groundedtherapist. So, so folks, go take a look at Rachel's website groundedtherapist.com and then go find her on Instagram at groundedtherapist and leave her a DM about how mm-hmm. fancy her brand new website is. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> it's so, really nice. I, I'm going to go and do it uh, also. So folks, Rachel um, reached out to me because she thought that it might be, strangely enough, she thought that it might be pertinent uh, that a group of yoga teachers have another little conversation about the importance of boundaries and, uh, being a zealot for a loving boundary myself, I couldn't agree more. Tell us, Rachel, when you're talking about boundaries, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Yeah, so boundaries are a way to set limits, to potentially say no or potentially say yes when you want to or do not want to do something, right? Or when you want to have a relationship or don't, when you want to manage your time or you don't, right? And mm-hmm. it's a chance to decide how much time and energy you want to commit to a thing or a person. Uh-huh. And it's so easy to get lost in that, right? To feel the pressure to say yes all the time. Women in yeah. particular, like we're told to please everybody and don't make a stir and be small. And in yoga too, in the yoga world, it's like there's this effort of like you have to give stuff away and you have to be charitable and look out for other people, but forget about yourself. Mm. And that frustrates me to no end as a woman, any of a teacher, and a mom of a daughter. Like, no way, no thank you. I charge for what I offer. It's an energy exchange. You know, I do therapy. I help people all the time, but I help them for money because I have to pay my bills and rent and my graduate degree has to be paid off, right? And it doesn't mean I don't want to be helpful, but it also means I I expect an exchange for the effort and the work and the education and the expertise that I have. As soon as I'm allowed to get on a plane, I'm coming to your house and taking you out for that. <laughs> totally. Let's do it. I love it. I've been on your email list for a really long time. I oh, my like God. This is stuff. so fun. Oh, totally. So, okay. So, um, so I'm curious about this, and uh, forgive me, this might be a bit going rogue, but it seems to me, Rachel, that there is a, co- a pretty strong correlation between yoga teacher and crappy boundaries, and I'm wondering why why, does, why is it that this particular profession tends to 
this this set tends to be um, some 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 scar that kind of is more more readily manifested amongst yoga teachers than other people. What what is it about us? There's some messages I think that get misinterpreted. Um, I think there's again it's that charitable like even like a himsa or like do you know nonviolence and like not hurting people and being charitable and being open. There's and it's a field that is uh, filled with women. I actually don't know the stats. I would say more than fifty percent. It's changing, but it's up there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so we bring our own societal stuff, and then there's just this message of even in therapy too of like, how could you charge money for this like thing you're doing? Because you should just you know be kind to people and help people out for free. And that's so wonderful. And there's opportunity for that, right? Like doing a fundraising yoga event or like, you know, I don't know, um, different charitable opportunities for sure. But there's a really big need for boundaries to be set. I think also the relationship between yoga teacher and student, that's a big boundary crossing too. Because it's hard between friend and yoga teacher, right? Like you hang out with this person, they like know your body right maybe better than you sometimes if you see the person consistently um and then you know therapist too i know people's really intimate yeah. yeah deep shameful secrets or whatever but there there's no confusion that i'm their friend right they don't know where i live they don't have my real phone number right? they have my office phone number right like they can email me at my business but they don't know a lot about my life and yoga teachers are a little bit more available, right? They're a little bit like closer to that degree and the professional boundaries start to like erode a little bit. And so I think that's part of the challenge. Do you think there's something to it that, um, is there like a codependency link? Like, to, and with people, you know, whatever childhood stuff, karma um, that bears sort of, that ripens into being drawn to healing modalities do you think there's a connection I mean yeah. we're just we're, oh absolutely people come to yoga um I've run into lots of people with mental health problems in the yoga world without love <laughs> not like us not not me not us no not me either right no but um you come people come to not you know they're functioning they're out in the world right but there's a draw for sure because you feel better that's why I offer yoga yes. yes that's a practice where you're being inside your body you're being present you're slowing down you're getting cardio sometimes, right? Like you're flipping the world upside down and getting your blood to flow a different direction. Like you're yep. doing self-care. And so that makes a lot of sense why I see that so much, that there's a big overlap. I also think, I remember, I think it was, it was with Christopher Wallace and he was talking about, and I totally agree, that this notion, Ramdas, you know, talk, spoke on this so beautifully too, about this notion of um, it's all love, like this catchphrase of mm-hmm. it's all love and what, and, which is true and also horrendously misinterpreted to mean we're always loving and sweet and gentle and mm-hmm. schmappy boundaries with each other all the time rather than it's all oh, love and sometimes that looks like Kalima with a machete. <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. Yikes. Now I'm having nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm the one no, at the end great. of the day. So That's it, true. <laughs> I, I think that... Yes. Sometimes, sometimes I think there is a pressure, an external pressure from an expectation that yoga teachers should be all sweet and gentle all the time. So it's not just my own stuff that's causing me to fear having a loving boundary, but it's other people putting on me how I should behave because she's a yoga teacher. She shouldn't behave like that. It's coming from both sides. 
oh, it's all sides, every direction, right? Yeah. And think about sometimes like the the power dynamics at gyms and studios where people work, like yoga teachers get treated really poorly, like as like, contractors, like, right? They have very few rights. Yeah. So, so it comes in all directions. So we have a we may have a sort of a disposition towards having schmappy boundaries because of our stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. People might expect us to have crappy boundaries because of yoga teacher stereotypes, and we mm-hmm. might in fact perpetuate them because of yoga rhetoric that's actually misconstrued from its original. Yes. So we need you more than ever, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm here. Sign, sign me up. I'm happy. It's actually, you know, anywhere that I have worked, I have somehow weaved into like teaching and training boundaries because it's just so important. And we're also role models as yoga teachers. And so we can set the tone. Yes. We can tell turn that around, right? There's like a role of role model, if you will, where we can say, oh yeah, you know, um, class is over. And like, sure, you're going to stick around, like get a cleanup or, you know, um, say hi and bye to people because we want to develop relationships but I have always been very clear like okay bye and like be moving on and be moving out and it's very easy to get caught in that trap too of you know I have other stuff to do I have other places to go yeah (laughs) like there's more going on or I'm teaching another class I gotta get across town or I just don't actually like you. I'm just right, nice you because you, you're you my student and the teacher, but I, I don't want to know all of your stuff. Nope. I know, right? Uh, but yeah, that's an opportunity for redirection, right? Like, that sounds like something you should talk to a therapist about. Really that's for your dermatologist, not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yes. Or like, yeah, any anything else but me. Uh, So let's talk about the right here and right now. I'm curious to know where you feel it's more, we need to be more conscious of our boundaries in our current climate. So things are weird. People are operating in different ways and contexts. Um, Where do you see this opportunity to um, grow into better boundaries? Where are our current opportunities, Rachel? Yeah, social media, uh, work-life balance. Uh, I, I am coming to you from my bedroom, a place I never thought would be my office, right? Yeah. Never yeah. in a million years I predicted that, but that's where I'm working from because it's I have a door and I can have some privacy, right, to work with my clients and be on yeah. Zoom calls. And yeah. so um, they, now there's this severe pressure to give it all away on social media, especially because, one, everyone's home and on social media. So it's yeah. nice because you're getting access to people all the time. But also that means you're on all the time, all the time. It's really hard to turn off. And especially if you have kids at home, right? So you're working and I have a kid at home and a husband is working from home too. And we are just on all the time and it's exhausting because we didn't sign up to be teachers, right? I had a wonderful daycare that was helping, you know, take that, take that expertise, right? Like they're trained in that. I am not. And so we're, we're struggling a little bit to make sure she learning and also paid attention to and also learns the boundary that when we're working we can't play with her she has to learn to play on her own and so when we're trying to keep up with everybody and compare ourselves to being super parents from Instagram and super yoga teachers and super business owners and super salespeople, like oh I just want to get back in my bed which is right there because I'm in my room <laughs> <laughs> so I could but I can't so, so work-life balance and boundaries around that. Um, I'm hearing you say that, like, uh, screen time boundaries. And oh, screen time. that. 
which is hard when your social stuff is on screens. Oh, totally. Right. Like I do lives and, you know, I've seen you, right. You've been popping up on lives on my feed too. And um, we're just, we could be on all the time in different time zones, right. Getting ready for bed while you're, you're popping up and vice versa. And we just be on awake. 24 hours a day right now doing every single job that we used to not do like a month ago and so yeah it's really important to turn those things off to get some rest and decide like when you're cutting yourself off my therapy clients you know yeah no go ahead um so my therapy clients like they know I'll get back to them the next day if it's after business hours which is like 5 or 6 p.m for me right like I'm not going to get back unless there's an emergency it can wait and my social media too because eventually really I have to pay attention one. to my daughter and have to have dinner, you know? And talk to your yeah. husband, maybe. And talk to my husband, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Like, this, we this, uh, I think we all have is, so many roles right now. This is a really, this is one for um, special times and when the world reverts, when we get moved back into revelation about um, yoga teachers. And I think I suspect it's born from scarcity lingering scarcity mentality that unless I get back to somebody immediately I'm going to lose a student or I won't get Mm -hmm. that workshop sign up or like if it's not immediate I lose and so people stay in this and I've got a fabulous client and she's liking on my insta stories when I know it's nighttime sleep time for her people um I what tell us more about what would you suggest about starting to implement healthy boundaries around essentially customer service and getting back to people yeah so where is the the good thing about the digital age is we can have all our responders i'll get back to you between the hours of nine and five right like my messenger on facebook says i'll get back to you within 24 hours and if it's a you know life-running emergency call 911 right because i want to make sure people know i get back to them at a certain time. And that's a really great way to communicate boundaries mm-hmm. is I can't talk to you right now, but I will get back to you at mm-hmm. a specific time mm-hmm. because you're honoring that they have a request, but also honoring yourself. Mm-hmm. I just taught a webinar last night and we were practicing like, I need you to respect that the night time hours of this and this are my personal time, mm-hmm. but I will get back to you and be clear when that is. Don't pretend, oh, I'll get back to you in five minutes and never call them back. Yes. Right? Because that's not fair either. You just have to be clear and get through that discomfort because we're also really inclined to avoid discomfort as humans. And then as women in particular, we do not want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to make other people uncomfortable. And it's really hard, but it will not kill you. Discomfort doesn't kill. And like you said at the, at the start, um, you're also giving you're also giving the opportunity for someone else to witness what good boundaries look like. Like you get to model that for somebody else. I I often say, who? Here we go. Sorry, Rachel. But who gives a fuck if if someone comes to my class and could do astavakrasana? I don't care. But if they learn, you show up on time or you fuck off, and that's my boundary. Like that's a game changer in life. Astavakrasana, not so much. But the fact that you respect someone's time, or you pay people on time, or you're mindful of yourself in space, that will change your life. So if I get to model that sort of stuff not in a militant way, believe it or not, but then maybe that's more important than, oh, look, you cracked a great handstand. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's so, there's so many different opportunities for what you're modeling. Yeah, and I yeah. said that for my clients in both 
those fields is, yeah, I expect you to show up on time. I'm being a little bit more flexible right now because like I might be a couple minutes late to sign on if, you know, my coffee is running later. I have to go to the bathroom and then run upstairs, right? So yeah. a little bit more flexible. If, my, if you were in my office, it would be a, a different situation. But yeah, you're offering that opportunity. But I'm also role modeling that flexibility right now. Like, yeah, yeah, we're all having a really hard time and I'm in this with you. So we're going to be a little bit more flexible. And when we're in my office, I'd be a little less flexible. I don't, you know, never lock the door on a therapy client, but right, like, it'd be like, okay, well, we're late. So we only have this much time to work yes. together. Yeah. And stay late. Right. That's not happening. I have another appointment where I have stuff to do. Yeah. And so that's an opportunity, even sometimes more, because it applies to everything versus a hand, hand sandwich is only, you know, you can do it in certain capacities or not. Drunk at a wedding. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know when, <laughs> don't know when you do that outside yeah. of like, Hey baby at the beach. I don't know. Um, before we started the uh, recording, we, the two of us were just chatting and I think this is, if we can spend some time talking about um, boundaries regarding business um, and, uh, and, and some of the things that you were sharing with me that you're seeing sort of manifest at the moment with poor boundaries regarding yoga businesses uh, in this current climate and how it's leading to, doing everything for free or trying to do a gusquillion things. Yeah, tell, tell, us so more about, tell us more about that stuff. Yeah. So uh, anyone who has access to Instagram, I think is seeing live yoga and free yoga just every hour of every day. Yes. In the morning I see the East coast people at night I see West coast people, right? Like it's just nonstop. It trickles on through the night. Yeah. So there's some sort of, I don't, we were trying to be kind to each other, I think, initially during the first few weeks when no one was sure how long this quarantine would last around the globe, wonderfully intended, but now it's sort of spiraled into, oh, well, now we have to continue to be available for free and not charge as studios are closing, as people are losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. It's not a time to give stuff away for free, maybe once a month, maybe once a week. But not every day, mm-hmm. not 24 hours a day. And we start to compare each other and we set each other up to try to compete. And it does come from this place of scarcity, right? Like if I don't offer this for free, no one's going to know who I am and they're going to pick the free person over the paid person. Which is a nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. And also yeah. show your investment, right? Like if you want to do the work, then you have to invest with me. Yeah, I agree. So no, fr- not... Some stuff gets to be for free if it's considered and part of some kind of a strategy, but not because you're feeling pressured to do it for free is what I'm hearing. You right. Say. Or trying to keep up or compare, right? Like, sure. I have a lead magnet. I have two on my website, right? So I have a worksheet and then I have a yoga flow and like a meditation that I offer. Yeah. That's yours, right? Like you don't want to, you don't want to just invest with me. You've never met me before, but that's of course, like you want to find out if I'm good or you like my style, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's, an ability to warm up your audience and like get to them to know you so they can invest with you wisely. But that's it, right? That's a one-time thing that you get. And then after that, you have to invest with me and show up and, and do the work and get to do all the fun stuff we learn about in my in my program about boundary setting. Very, very important. <laughs> but I think we're trying to keep up with each other. And now that the reality setting and this is going to be a more long-term thing, the boundaries have to come back. Like lost sight of them real quick. I I, I love that. I, I think um you know it's like the I don't know how long ago it was that book that came out of it called Emergency Sex. You know you see this sort of thing in um, emergencies. You see it in you know when we have bushfires here and they set up the 
you know, the evacuation points and everything. There's a different mm-hmm. type of, like people get really, um, you would probably know more from your background than I would mm-hmm. about the terminology, but, you know, people, the, the, the boundaries go way down, the barriers go down, people form these really strong bonds super fast. There's mm-hmm. kind of this, we're in this together. There's something mm-hmm. very addictive about all of that, but you can't sustain it. I mean, it's not normal times behavior. Nope. Nope, it's like a little bit of a grief and a trauma response. But yeah. like when there's like a national crisis, right? Like we come together. We did. Right? Yes. I was like yes. the first two weeks of all of this was coming together and we're donating, we're sharing stuff and like wonderful thing. But right, though it's designed for short-term sure. disaster, right? Yeah. A tornado, right? Where the rest of the country is okay, but like a specific area is not. Yes. Even a large area. But this is going to be going on. So we're all going to burn out because we cannot run on adrenaline, which helps us survive, which is a little bit also what goes on there, right? In grief, yeah. in yeah. a tragedy, right? Our, we are designed, our old brain in the back of our minds, which is very instinctual, is like, okay, danger, okay, run, right? Flight, um, fight, fawn, whatever your response is, to survive. Mm-hmm. But that only is a short-term thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it just turns into cortisol and stress because we can't keep it up. It's designed for a short-term survival, like get away from that bear, right? Like escape this fire, lift something really heavy, right? Like, and then it goes away. Yeah. And we can't stay in that. Sustained stress like that is really bad for our bodies and our minds. And so, yeah, that's what we're running into now is we can't sustain that. And that's why this is so hard. And also it's a grief reaction, right? Like we just lost something huge, huge, our freedom, right? Like our access to lots of things. Yes. So we have to sustain and that. a sense of certainty energy wisely. Sense of yeah. certainty for sure, right? Yeah. And grief again is a process that we're familiar with, even if it's hard, even if it's awful. But this is a different kind of grief. It's extended and unending right now. So uh, we have to be able to take care of ourselves, which is where boundaries come back in. A way to take care of yourself. Yes. So I think to you know to apply that. Uh, um, a little further so we're talking in terms of overgiving, um, mm-hmm. being overly available I'm hearing from some teachers who are you know stepping into like scope creep if you're a therapist and a yoga Ooh. teacher be a therapist and a yoga teacher but if you have no training in therapy or spiritual guidance or like you stay in your lane if you know how to teach yoga asana that's what you know like you know um mm-hmm. T- teachers reporting feeling emotionally depleted because they're stepping into roles to support their students that they have no business being in. Yes, and that's a boundary too, right? Like, yeah. And of course, you see someone suffering, you, you want to like pull every article you've ever read out of your head and be like, oh, I can tell you about this, but really it's at the time to send somebody to a different resource. Yes. Right, when I, you know, I teach yoga and therapy, I'm, all, I'm a 200-hour yoga teacher, but when someone has like a, an injury, I send them to physical therapy or some massage, like a massage person. Like I refer out because I'm not going to hurt them more because I don't know what I'm doing or like Mm -hmm. their injury is out of my understanding. It's okay to say you don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with that, but you know who does. In fact, you should, don't you think? Ethically. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, ethically for sure. For sure. But it's also okay to say inside you're feeling like, Ah. oh, I want to help, right? I have this relationship with this person. So here I am, they're in front of me in pain. Shouldn't I help them? You can acknowledge and have empathy. Like, oh my gosh, that is so much. That really hurts. That looks bad. Like whatever your reaction is. And then you know who can help you? This other person. 
Yes. We know what can serve you that agency, right? Like this other resource. Yes. That's actually more helpful. Get them where they need to go. Yes. So then let's shift. Um, the other thing that came up for me when you were speaking earlier is about the uh, when we're talking about giving some stuff away for free in the short term and getting into this grief response that's unsustainable is the, what that looks like, I guess, taking that sort of messing with the analogy a little bit, taking that same scenario and applying it to your bot- the bottom line, your business success. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, I'm finding it fascinating that yoga teachers think that, oh, small businesses are doing it tough and, and people are losing their jobs, so I'm going to give everything away for free when, in fact, they're a small business or may or may not have been losing their job. Like they're the people, we're in mm-hmm. the category of the people we're giving stuff away for free. Surely we deserve support as well. Like I think, again, we're, we're crossing, we're mixing up boundaries there about where, where do I fit? Which category am I in? Because I can serve, but not to my, to, to the, my own detriment. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You apply for funding first, right? Like go for systems that support you. And then ask, you could do a donation only class if you want to be helpful, like whatever people can offer and then continue charging for your work. You're worthy, right? I think there's a worthiness piece coming up. Yes. In that, those examples, whether you don't think you're worth it or that the scarcity piece, like, well, why would anyone pay me when they can get it for free on Instagram? But they don't have you, whoever you are, right? Like they don't have me, they don't have you. So that's why you're worth it because you have an expertise or a knowledge that the other person doesn't have. And that's okay to ask for that exchange of money, of energy, whatever it is. A lot of trades I see in yoga stuff too. Oh, <laughs> with that. I see a lot of trading. No, money is how you trade this. Yeah, and I'm ending up getting a crappy massage once a month because that was a deal that I made before I realized you were sure. shit at massage. <laughs> right yeah like oh that that is the thing I see so much and so again it's a it's a boundary thing like saying no is really uncomfortable yeah saying please pay me like cool this is what we're gonna charge so just practice right when I started started raising my rates this past year oh I had to practice a little bit because I was you know coming from a community mental health background where it was like yeah, every, no one has money. No one has anything. So, like, I'm going to do the best I can with these limited resources. Right? I'm going to duct tape it all together and make it work. But now I run my own business, and it's expensive. So I ask for money. And that still comes up for me sometimes. I know, like, I, I'll notice that I call it, like, the community mental health side of me will come up, and I'll want to be of service. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, right, but I still have to pay for all my bills. And, you know, the people I hired work for me, I have to pay them. So I definitely have to charge. And so it's okay to practice. It's okay to recognize it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be an uncomfortable conversation, but I'll survive this. I agree with everything you're saying, but also (laughs) I just want to take a stand for um, this thing about like often when I'm doing interviews with yoga teachers, talking about money, charging your worth, I'll often say, well, I've got bills. I've got to pay the electric. I've got to, and I think, fuck all of that. I want to have more money than I need. That's also okay. Uh, How many yoga teachers are actually saving for their retirement? How many yoga teachers are ahead on their house repayments? How many yoga teachers are going, you know what? I'm going to buy me some stuff online that I don't need. Yeah. Okay. We have that too. You know, like I still think even yoga teachers that are taking a stand for, no, 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 we deserve to get paid are still justifying it out with because we have bills. 
rather than I like money. I like it in my life. It makes me feel safe. I like I know. knowing that there's some later if something goes wrong. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, saving for retirement is huge. Please do that. You're allowed to like, Absolutely. you're allowed to desire more than what you need. Yeah, I think it comes It comes from a place. I, I think that's a good argument. Like, I totally agree with you. And yes, all of that is true. It just, when you're getting to that discomfort, yes. it's nice to have some concrete things like but I do have to pay this bill right versus I would love to have a million dollars like yeah go for it go get it like get out there but when the fallback of that discomfort comes up it can be nice to just have like specific things that you're remembering or that you need you know so I think it's about between those two but you're like totally right time. absolutely please make your billion dollar yoga industry money and also uh, that but it's also the self-worth thing isn't it like I'm yes. worthy of this energetic exchange. Even if I yeah. give all the money away, this is what my energy is, is worth. It, it, to, yeah, to, to, yeah. And for me, right, insurance companies sometimes get to decide it. <laughs> and yeah. so that's the ongoing discussion, <laughs> right? Like, what does the insurance company value my worth as? This rate. What do I personally think my rate is? Much higher, right? <laughs> and so, like, we get messages of, like, well, how much do you pay for yoga class? You know, $10 or I'm you in the U.S. So, you know, $10, $15, $25 or more like private lessons. I like, so sometimes other yes. things try to get to decide us and it's hard to break that of, oh, well, is that it? Is that all I'm worth? Like what other people are deciding for us. And so that's a conversation internally too. Yeah. It's no joke, is it? The personal development opportunities in deciding to run your own business based on what you're passionate about. Oh, it's endless. It comes up all the time. Just when you think you're like, yeah, I got this. I know this. I know what I'm worth, I know what I expect, I know what I'm going to communicate, and then boom, like just comes out of nowhere. So it's a forever process, and you have to be compassionate about that, right? Because there's always going to be, uh, I like to think of like railroad tracks, like old stuff, your old patterns. There's still railroad tracks in your brain, right? Like railroad, yes. railroad tracks are yes. hard to pull up. Yes. And every once in a while, something's going to run across it by accident, and yeah. it's going to come up, right? And then you have to go, oh, I remember you. Okay. Nope, that's old stuff. That's not what I'm doing now. I yeah. am a healthier, more you know, abundant person, so I don't have to do that anymore. But it will come up. It's a forever journey. Uh, which I can't help but appreciate the beautiful opportunity for a segue right here because if it is an ongoing journey and it's not something that ever just gets revolved, resolved in a heartbeat, guess what? Rachel might be able to help you out because she's got this amazing program. You need to get on it now, though, because it starts very, very soon called unbound tell us more yeah it's going to be a six-week group coaching course so it's it's not self-paced it's a cohort so nice. everyone who starts together will go through the six-week course it's based on my longer program which is six months but based you know looking around and realizing the uncertainty of sort of the present state yeah. that we're in with this pandemic I decided to condense it into a six-week thing because I can keep I can manage that energetically and also yeah. so can my students. And so everyone's going to start together and then move through the six weeks of modules. You're going to do journaling. You're going to get live videos with me, pre-recorded and live modules. We're going to have a private Facebook group and we're just going to work through setting boundaries, getting rid of doubt. And then I do, um, I work my yoga in to work mm -hmm. on core engagement for confidence. to so think mm. energetically, even like chakra wise and um, lower back protection wise, because we sit so much, we do um, some core exercises. Nice. And it's not about an aesthetic by any means. It's just, let's sit upright when we talk. Yes. Except if it's 6 a.m. and you're talking on a podcast. <laughs> 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 right? But so I do some, some very light, but very 
hardcore work that works into the program. Mm -hmm. I like that. I love that. Yeah, as the place of embodiment for the qualities that you're talking about. And I think the, the, the final piece about the boundary stuff is not only the discomfort of saying no to somebody, but the discomfort that of the uh, rejection trigger like okay I've been doing my chair yoga for free for three weeks and now I'm saying actually now it's you know now it's eight pounds and um and people say well I'm not coming then if it's eight pounds like that for a lot of people can be deep work about being rejected is also Mm -hmm. so uncomfortable and I imagine that's something that in in boundary work must come up how do you sit in the comfort of feeling rejected yeah, right. We get rejected all the time, right? Yeah. And that's okay, right? I think it's just embracing that and being compassionate. Like, I'm not the therapist or yoga teacher for a lot of people. I'm not. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because that's fine. I want you to find who you are going to work with, right? You know, um, I, I taught at the gym not too long ago, and I'm just super compassionate in my yoga teaching. Like, I'm not going to be like, if you turn around, goes and do a handstand when you don't know how to do, you know, one push up, right? I'm not going to do that because I'm going to hurt you. So I did not stay there very long because they wanted me to hurt them, right? <laughs> they wanted me to hurt their students. And that's not what I'm about. So that's okay because I'm not the other teacher for that place, right? You can't yeah, but, you know, so do I one. That, not doing a split, sorry. <laughs> well, I get that you're okay with being rejected, but what, what about people who are like, oh my God, I just couldn't handle it. Like, how do you get Fair going enough, with sorry. that? Got lost in my own story there. Yeah, totally. So yes. That is an example of a way to kind of remember that it is okay that you are not the person for everybody and that you will survive discomfort. That rejection is probably the other person's stuff, right? In that gym example, that wasn't me. I was very open about what kind of teacher I was. They still hired me and then quickly didn't want me there anymore, right? That was not about me. That was about them, right? People who reject you, it's probably about them. You don't have to take it as a personal critic. Yes, yes, yes. It does not just define you. Like, okay, I'm going to go find somebody else. Or like, I need to adjust my messaging or, you know, network a little bit more. Like, find your people. Find the people that want what you have because you're awesome, whoever you are. Totally agree. And I love the way that it gets to be a journey. Like you said about the railroad tracks, like all of this gets to be a a constant sort of buffing of the diamond. Like it's a refinement, refinement. You're never going to nail it and be done. You can just move towards being better. Every day, just a little bit, right? And that's where compassion comes in. Is yeah. and you're gonna mess it up, right? Yeah. You're gonna say yeah. yes when you meant to say no. Yeah, and you'll just have to learn. Just have to learn and like be like, okay, whoops, <laughs> back out away from me. Next time I'm gonna do it different. I love that. I've I've clients say that to me all the time. You're not gonna like this, Amy, but I actually said, <laughs> I don't care. You're, I, when someone says that to me, I think no, no. no you're not liking that you did that. That's why we're having that little preamble. <laughs> yes, because it's your own stuff, yeah. right? And you think it's okay to recognize it, right? That there is, that's a boundary too. Like this is actually my stuff versus your stuff. <laughs> yeah. Keep it separate. So good to talk to you, Rachel. Um, tell us again. So if we want to take a look at your program, we need to get on it now because it starts very, very soon. Where can we find information about Unbound? It is on my shiny brand new website, groundedtherapist.com. It's okay. in my offerings tab and okay. um, it's called Unbound. You just click on it and uh, information is right there. Or you can DM me on Instagram at groundedtherapist. And I have a free Facebook group too. So you can find that at, through my Facebook group at groundedtherapist on Facebook. All the things. All the things. 
but, but you don't have to do all the things. You do all the things if they feel good yeah. to you and that's your truth. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and if you don't want to, that's fine too, right? I'm not a personal I'm super comfortable with that. If someone <laughs> follows you on Instagram and then decides that you're not the yoga teacher therapist for them, you're okay if they unfollow you. I'm definitely okay with it and I will sleep fine. <laughs> Way to model. Also, I send so much love to you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask. If you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure, of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. DM me on Instagram at amyyogabizcoach. Take deep care.